HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit corin.com. Hello, welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Aki Kotema, a food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every day in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is so mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. My guest today is Shohei Miyajima, who is the manager of Dashi Okume in Brooklyn, New York. The New York location of Dashi Okume opened in September 2022, but the history of the company Okume goes back to 1871. And Dashi is a Japanese-style stock, but unlike Western-style stock, it is used very extensively in Japanese cuisine. And dashi provides rich umami taste, uh, which is the fifth taste after salty, sour, uh, bitter, and uh, sweetness, and which is foundational in many Japanese dishes. And dashi is very easy to make in your kitchen because its ingredients have been carefully made over a long time with special techniques uh, by masters. And dashi okume sells a whole variety of premium ingredients of dashi, and you can customize your dashi as well. So today we'll discuss why Shohei decided to become a dashi expert, the main ingredients of dashi and their characteristics, flavors, how to effectively maximize umami by combining different dashi ingredients, easy recipes that you can try with dashi, and much, much more. But before you start, Japanese is available on Heritage Radio Network website, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, whichever you listen to, and subscribe to Japan Eats. And please write a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now, let's start a conversation with Shohei Miyajima. Hello, Shohei. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So, uh, first of all, to get to know you, where are you from, and what did you eat when you grew up? I'm from Japan, Tokyo. And basically, I was raised by foodie parents, so I had very delicious food from like childhood. So I grew up eating Japanese food prepared by mom and like ethnic food prepared by dad. Yeah. Ah, it's amazing. And your dad cooked too, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not a chef, but uh, he's really good at cooking. He's a book editor, but he, eat, he has been eating lots of food, good food with novelists. So he kind of tried to imitate the ones he tried, and he got to try all his food. Also, I was actually studying in Canada for a year, so I was and I was staying with a Russian host family. So I spent a year eating like lots of good, great Russian food, like pierogi, borscht, borscht. Mm. And also, I will, like I kind of grew up in a house that is particular was about food. So I even had a porridge made from Laos kombu broth. When I was a child, and also like I was always 
so I was always went to like Tsukiji fish market with my dad for New Year's Eve and like New Year. So yeah, I was really surrounded by like delicious food, I think. Mm, wow, sounds like top notch. Especially, you know, the rice kombu, like even Japanese people don't know specific <laughs> species mm-hmm. of kombu. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Right, very impressive. Yeah. Right. So, and then I heard that you used to work in a very different industry from food, yeah. um, despite your childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. before you joined the Shokume, um, so now you educate people. And then, you know, your Japanese food culture is kind of your focus. So how did you get into this business? Yeah, uh, like you said, I used to work for different com- different industries, such as like fashion retail or consulting for business. And yeah, I didn't, I don't really pick the job by uh, industry, by, but by mission. So I was very passionate about I'm very passionate about the mission of the company now that is to bring Tokyo culture the world Tokyo culture to the world. Then yeah, it's the main reason why I joined this company. And also, yeah, there's a couple of reasons what what why I joined this company as well. Yeah. Mm, right. Well it's hard to find a more deeply rooted dashi company than Dashi Okume. So mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll mm-hmm. discuss the company. Um actually, uh so Dashi Okume is a fresh new concept created by Fumitoshi Kano, who is a fifth generation mm-hmm. of the family business Okume, which mm-hmm. started 150 years ago. So first of mm-hmm. all, what is Okume and what's its, uh, what is its history? Yeah, uh, so Dashi Okume is, I mean, Dashi Okume is uh, one of the business of Okume, Shoten. And Okume is a seafood wholesaler from the, uh, since uh, 1871. So for 151 years, we have been selling uh, dried fish, saikyozuke fish, and dried dashi ingredients to like Michelin Street restaurants, high-class supermarket, and other professionals. So yeah, we are, and we are the oldest uh, seafood wholesaler existing in Tsukiji and Toyos fish market. Mm. Right. Yeah, I saw the history. Even uh, Tsukiji, everybody says Tsukiji is the biggest fish market, which now um, moved to Toyosu, like you just mentioned. But um, yeah, it's it's really even the beginning of Tsukiji market. You, uh, the your company, that's Yokume, your parents' company, is there. So it's really impressive how and uh, also the dashi is strong um, in history in the Japanese cuisine. How foundational it is. So, yeah, so, um, so let's go to this, going to this, the concept of dashi okume, uh, which is new. So what is the concept of dashi okume and what is the difference between uh, the parent company, okume? Yeah, uh, dashi okume is like part of the business of okume. So we are the same company, uh, but uh, dashi okume, you can make your own dashi and you can cast, cast, uh, pick like uh pick your own combination from uh, 30 dash ingredients. And then, then we can grind everything at the store, in the in-store factory and pack into small sashes. Mm. And customer can take it back only in like 20 minutes or so. Right. Yeah, we also like offer Japanese teishoku set meal. And then we actually brought the best of Tokyo, straight from Tokyo, just like fish. We have been selling this fish for like long time to the Mission Street restaurant. So we brought the best notch, uh, top notch fish from Tokyo also fish market mm-hmm. and also rice and miso. Yeah, we also use the top notch ingredients to provide our Teishoku meal. Right, okay. So um, so the listeners who who have no idea usually how dashi's, um, dashi ingredients are sold. It's like you go to the supermarket or like, you know, the specialty market like Tsukiji, you have in independent ingredients that we're going to discuss later, like kombu or the bonito. But at the shokume, you can customize uh, the combination of each ingredient, which is key to maximize umami, which also we're going to discuss later. So this idea of customizable dash pack package for yourself is pretty novel. And uh, even Japanese Maybe, people yeah. <laughs> didn't think of that. So that's very smart. And yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's very rare in, even in Japan. 
Yeah, it's already patterned. Uh, so yeah, right. I don't think you will find, yeah, a similar one. Yeah, mm. and also I think this that came out of the confidence that you, you know, Okume, the pairing company, carries the best ingredients because otherwise you can't make good custom dashi without the best ingredients. So it really is just as a result of good business for 151 years. So yeah, this is fascinating. And uh, yeah, you mentioned that Teishoku. Teishoku is a set menu. It's like, you know, it's just a set menu. It's usually if you go to Japan and then, or lunch break, uh, you have a perfect seasonal ingredients um, Teishoku menu. Uh, and it's just like a very common term. But uh, so the Dashiokume's uh, business uh, is run by Kano Corporation. And I heard it's uh, not just uh, dashi ingredients, but, you know, like the the restaurant business and also a production. So it sounds like a very forward-minded, uh, really try to educate the world with good umami-based uh, food concepts. So I really found this interesting. Thank you. Hi. I really wanted to also uh, deliver umami from the dashi or like Japanese food. Mm. Yeah, it's also like companies like mission but we also wanted i also personally wanted to deliver mommy to the world because of my experience in hong kong and i used to live in hong kong like for a couple of years and people are really addicted to the japanese food and i think what makes like this addictiveness is mommy and uh, yeah i personally wanted to do that so i also joined this company because of that reason mm, yeah. right well that's interesting because uh uh, Japanese, all those uh, dashi ingredients, uh, a lot of them, I mean, all of them are probably dried and uh, cured and mm-hmm. uh, mummy is concentrated. And back in like a couple centuries ago, one of the major uh, export items uh, was a dashi ingredients that was exported to China. So I'm sure Hong Kong people <laughs> have that kind of the yeah. mummy rich ingredients. So mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's right. Right. So uh, before we get into all those fun stuff, so let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll discuss actual ingredients of dashi and their unique flavors and how you can use them. So please stay with us. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant, from French to Pan-Asian to American, and that is why they are located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view the exquisitely designed tableware and the wireless natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services, from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table, so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit corin.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new series on Heritage Radio Network called The Culinary Call Sheet, where we give a peek into the back kitchen of culinary media. I'm your host, April Jones. And I'm your co-host, Dara Bresnitz. Part of why we started this show was to offer an unofficial mentorship for anyone who is interested in learning about all aspects of food and video, whether that's TV, social media, online, or just something you want to do for fun. Absolutely. What was once niche or a little silly, as I'm sure you remember, Darren, when we started out. Yes, ma'am. Has now become such a massive playing field for so many creatives using food as the medium. It's something that has driven us professionally and personally for so many years. What excites me the most about this show is that we're going to sit down with some of the industry leaders to hear how they made it and what drew them into this industry. With 20 years in the culinary production game ourselves, we're hoping we can give, through these conversations, an insider's view into personal stories from the field, as well as an in-depth behind-the-scenes look into some of the most popular food programming, 
in today's evolving culinary media landscape. We'll be covering everything from how to style your food, to how to license IP, to developing your own ideas, and some tips from the masters of how to host your own show. Yeah, it's a little bit of conversation, how to, and how do you do the things that you do in culinary media, which I'm so excited about. I love so many of the guests that are coming on this season. We have talent from Food Network, from Vice Media, Eater, Refinery29. We've met some of the best people in the world, both in front of and behind the camera. And we're bringing them all together to share their stories, their delicious adventure, and their unique journey into this crazy world. So to be the first to hear our episodes when they launch this fall, go to wherever podcasts are streaming and hit subscribe and make sure to give us a follow at the Culinary Call Sheet on Instagram. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Needs on Heritage Radio Network, HRN. I'm your host, Aki Katayama. My guest today is Shohei Miyajima, who is the manager and a Dash expert at Dashi Okume in Brooklyn, New York. All right, so let's talk about Dashi. So what is Dashi and how is it different from Western-style stock? Yeah, so Dashi is a Japanese town for natural broth. So... Uh, Dashi does not refer only to like Japanese dashi, even like French phone uh, or beyond, or like Chinese tone are uh, also dashi. And Japanese is Japanese dashi is one of them. And I think the characteristic of Japanese dashi, uh, its strong umami component and the fact that it it can be also like made in a shorter time than like beyond. It takes about only like a couple of five minutes or so. Yeah, it's a big difference. And yeah, Japanese dashi is mainly like made from dried bonito, dried sardines, kombu, and also shiitake mushroom. So it's really quick. You can uh, you can just have to boil these kind of ingredients for five minutes, and it's already delicious. Right. Yeah, because someone else did yeah. the job for mm. you so outside the kitchen before you get them. So, right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what are the most popular ingredients of dashi in uh, traditional Japanese cuisine? You mentioned a couple, but, uh, you know, you have 30 different dashi ingredients at your store. Mm. Yeah, uh, it, it actually uh, varies from region to region. and But generally speaking, the ingredients for like dashi are dried bonito, dried small fish, like Niboshi are like anchovies or frying fish and also kombu from Hokkaido, like hidaka, uh, laosu, and yishiri or makombu. And also like shiitake mushroom is the main ingredient for dashi. Mm, right. So just now listeners probably can get mm. the idea of what it is, like dried uh, umami-rich mm-hmm. ingredients. Because it's dried, the mm-hmm. umami is concentrated and easy to process. You can rehydrate it and then release all those umami in it. And not just umami, but minerals and other good tastes in each ingredient. So, all right. Yeah. So um, so since most of the listeners have never seen dashi ingredients, uh, even if you mentioned it, uh, let's just dig into some of them. So first of all, uh, what is uh, katsuobushi or the cured bonito? And how is it made? So simply speaking, like katsuobushi is bonito that is cut into like three pieces, boiled and deboned, and then dried by smoking. And some of them are even like then molded for a couple of months. It, it sounds actually very simple, but it actually takes about more than a month and to make one. And for some, some uh, katsuobushi, it takes about like six months as well. So, and dry, you, if you have never seen, you might be surprised to see the dried bonito blocks. They are pretty hard, like wood, and you have to use grinder or sh- uh, shaver to make one, to use one, yeah. Right. Yeah, actually, I went to one of those uh, most traditional, uh, well-respected uh, bonito, cured uh, bonito katsuobushi factories, and I was amazed. It's, uh, of course, it's, you know, they say, put some very precious mold uh, but it's just totally, of course, it's sanitary, very, it's like, a, you know, operation room level clean. And uh, it's also the craftsmanship. Like they, it's almost like their baby, carefully um, checked regularly, very frequently. And then um, Kyoto Mission Star restaurants just 
fight for the best quality one because it's not mass produced. So it's such a premium item and uh, it smells amazing. So yeah, it's a lot of effort to make a good dry bonito flakes. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm, right, but doesn't mean that you have to get all those premium items because if you go to the supermarket, shape bonito in a plastic uh, small packages, that's always a go-to. Like if you want something, you know, a better soup taste or miso soup or it's anything, you can just get one of those and put it in the whole order, and you're it's you're in the business. So, so it doesn't matter. I mean, at least, of course, the price here. Uh, items can be more valuable, but it doesn't have to be because you can use it every day. That's the point of dashi. So, so next, so what is kombu and how is it made? Yeah, kombu is, yeah, kombu is uh, kelp in English, and it's a seaweed, one type of seaweed. It's collected and dried in a sea near the sea, and in Japan, uh, mostly like ninety percent of kombu. Help comes from Hokkaido, and like kombu has lots of uh, glutamic acid, one of the umami components. So it is a uh, very common ingredients. Not now, in, not only in Japanese cuisine, but also I I see a lot of uh, Western chefs using uh, kombu in their dishes these days. So it's getting more popular and popular, like years by years. I, I feel like. Mm, right. And uh, interestingly, you mentioned a couple of different types of kombu, and I heard um, 90% of kombu still comes from uh, Hokkaido, where very cold, um, cure, I mean, clean water can grow the best kombu. So maybe you can tell us different types of kombu, because you mentioned laosu and um, dima kombu or something, yeah. right? So Yeah, we mainly uh, use like four kinds of kombu. The very basic one is hiraka kombu. It's very uh, savory. Uh, it's very basic but versatile kombu, rich uh, savory flavor and unique unique taste. And also, usually kombu is often used in uh, kaiseki restaurant, and it has rich aroma, pure umami, and like smooth clear stock. It, also, the color is very clear, so it's often used in a kaiseki restaurant in Japan. In Kyoto, and also there is uh, makombu sweet kelp. It's very full-bodied and elegant, rich uh, aroma. Kombu, and the last one is Laos kombu, which is we we call it uh, a king of kombu, and it has rich aroma and a deep complex taste. So we usually recommend this uh, Laos kombu if because lots of customer in the US wants a full-bodied, strong umami taste. So yeah, they, they like this kombu a lot in the US. Mm -hmm. Right, amazing, right? There's only kelp, but there's so much, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. And uh, right, so what uh, is niboshi, or it's called iriko in the Western part of Japan. So, and how is it made? Yeah, uh, niboshi are the terms, Japanese term for small, like small dried fish. And that have been, made by boiled and by boiling and dried and because Japan is uh, surrounded by sea so that uh, the factory is very close to the ocean and it, it's very uh, important that they are close to each other that makes it possible to boil the fish in very fresh conditions and even like some of the fish that we handle the, the mouth of their fish is open. This means that they, they are boiled very quickly after they, they're caught and, they, and while they are still alive. So when you want to check the good quality of uh, good niboshi, you can always take a look at their mouth, whether they're, they're open or not. Make, yeah, oh, wow. that's, way, that's the best way to yeah know, know the quality of the uh, niboshi. Hey, oh, that's good to know. Um, yeah, so it's just, uh, the small fish, usually they call it uh, Japanese anchovy, right? Uh, anchovy, yeah, anchovy is one type of uh, a dried small fish, niboshi. So there are many kinds of niboshi, like, for example, we make niboshi from, like, uh, dried flying fish or horse mackerel or even, like, lizard fish, barracuda. Or even we, we handle, like, black salt sea patch. 
there are many kinds of uh, yeah, dried small fish. Mm, right. Okay, and I'm sure each one has different wavi <laughs> and different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So, uh, so these are, and um, you know, the the cured bonito, katsuobushi, and kombu and yuboshi. These are the major um, components. I mean, if you, I mean, there are some mushrooms and vegetable elements too. But um, yes, yes. So, well, the best thing is to go to uh, the shokume and see them in one very beautiful. Um, Yes, please, yeah. Right, like your showcases and right. So, so uh, let's talk about something very important. So, dashi is made by mixing those different ingredients. So, why do you do that? Yeah, uh, it's we combine, we mix uh, various kinds of dashi mainly to maximize umami because there are like three types of umami from dashi. One is uh, inosinic acid. From dried bonito and the other is uh, glutamic acid from kelp and also lastly guanic acid from dried sitake is also important to make umami and by mixing everything uh, the taste we can maximize the taste of umami about like eight times more than using just a single ingredient so it's very important that you make like you mix those uh, acids those three acids together to maximize umami. Mm, right, eight times. That is, it's not just addition, it's multiplied, which is always the key. Yes, yes. Right, okay. Um, by the way, you know, these umami sounds Japanese and actually a uh, uh, scientist, Japanese scientist, Kikunai Ikeda, I think he found it, discovered scientifically that tastes umami in 1908, I think. But uh, it's everywhere. It's like, Cheese has glutamic acid, tomato also, and onion, um, and in the snake acid, it's in the meat, like steak. So all those, and it just doesn't have to be shiitake, and the granulic acid can be found in any other mushrooms, like chanterelle to anything. So um, so basically, um, I have like Western style, like a dried chanterelle, I can use that for making dashi. So it's a very universal idea. And just because it's called umami and it sounds like Japanese, um, dashi is such a universal concept. So it doesn't have to be those specifically Japanese um, ingredients for dashi, but it can be applied, right? Yeah. Okay. So, oh, by the way, so um, so what's the, out of these uh, glutamic acid, inosinic acid, granulic acid, what's the ratio of uh, the best combination to maximize the umami. So the we actually have a dashi laboratory in Japan to study about dashi, and so far what we found out is that that we it's very good to uh, our golden ratio is fifty percent of inosinic acid from dried fish, and thirty percent of inosinic acid from dried small fish, and ten percent from seaweed. And ten percent from mushroom, so this uh this this is a golden age of okume. But yeah, this is just a golden age. So some chef even like to um like play with different ratio. But if you follow this ratio, you can make a very tasty dashi with lots of umami. So we usually recommend this uh, taste mm. this ratio. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it depends on if you add more onion or miso or soy sauce that can change, increase more glutamic acid. You can just adjust based on what with um, dashi's used. So it's yes, interesting, yes, but, right. but good to know. So bonito 50% and uh, niboshi uh, 30%, kombu 10% and uh, mushroom 10%. So I have to remember that. Um, okay. And then, uh, so could you give us some examples of how to combine, you know, food-wise, what's the example of these three elements uh, being in your dish? Uh, three elements? Yeah, so it's like, by, uh, food. Yeah. yeah, so for example, um, you know, uh, like kombu and bonito used in, um, like a miso soup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, yeah, you, you can use this kind of... Uh, combination easily for example uh, you can make miso soup it's the easiest way to 
enjoy this dashi. You can also drink by itself, but uh, if you want to make miso soup, you just have to like brew dashi, add ingredients, and then like dissolve miso into it and add some tofu and seaweed. So yeah, it's very simple to make paste dashi and use dashi for cooking. Mm. Right. Even uh, when you simmer uh, vegetables, like carrots or onion or anything, and then cook it down, and then some soy and sugar and all those basic Japanese um, cooked vegetables with dashi makes so much better than just combining, relying on uh, umami uh, or the delicious taste of vegetables themselves. So, yeah, it's it's very versatile, and you can just, it's not going to really change uh, dramatically from like a curry powder uh, make a different dish. It's it's not like that. It's very subtle, but it's yeah, very right. deep. So it's very versatile. Yeah, that's right. Because dashi is not a seasoning, but like base for cooking. So it it doesn't really change the change the taste dramatically, but it gives a deep umami to any kind of dish. So yeah, I think it's very versatile, and you can add dashi to your like everyday cooking. Even like Western cooking, it's nice. Mm. Right. To me, my image is like it's an elevation of the bottom line. So even if I'm a <laughs> such a bad cook, if I put good dashi, um, it really tastes better, way better than without. So yeah, I feel like sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, a, you know, just my go-to rescue uh, ingredient. So, okay. And also uh, in Japan, there are regional variations of popular dashi and dashi ingredients. So could you give, give us uh, some examples? Yes, yes. Uh, Japanese uh, dashi culture is like, we often describe as like bonito flakes in the east side of to- Japan, like Tokyo and kombu in the west, like Kyoto or Osaka. So yeah, historically like bonito flakes was produced in like Kyushu area and Shikoku area. It was brought to Edo, previous like previous Tokyo name, in in during Edo period, and <clears throat> it was spread to Eastern Japan, and also kombu was from Hokkaido, but they were all brought to <clears throat> to Osaka and Kyoto, straight from uh, Hokkaido. So Tokyo was in Tokyo. There were only like leftover kombu, and. That's why uh, the culture of kombu didn't really develop in Tokyo, and more bonito flakes was used in dashi in Tokyo. Mm, interesting. And yeah, and also like some parts of uh, Shikoku or Jugoku area, and Kyushu they use like flying fish agodashi. So they are like regional uh, dashi that can be found in Japan. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so um, there is a, a term, kombu road, and uh, that's the route um, centuries ago from Hokkaido to um, Kyoto. The rich um, emperors and nobles could afford getting kombu from Hokkaido because the Hokkaido um, kombu producers knew they were able to sell the high-quality kombu. So there is a, uh, the route of the ship from Hokkaido to um, the Kyoto area through Fukui, and uh, it's amazing. So maybe, I don't know which came first, but in Kyoto, they prefer very clean, um, mild taste and how it looks. That's why, uh, you know, they don't use the monito. It's more like a kombu, and also kombu was available, and high-grade kombu was available. And... uh, I saw, so before we started the show, you said uh, in Kyoto, they don't use niboshi, uh, the dried fish either, right? Mostly. Yeah, they feel, yeah in like Kyoto style, they like to use maguroboshi, dried tuna, and also rishikombu is very popular among the people in Kyoto, as well as shiitake. Yeah, so we have a premix of Kyoto dashi, and yeah, we also use the same ingredients for this Mm, right. So Kyoto style dashi uh, usually makes the color of other ingredients, main ingredients, cleaner and vivid. And then in Tokyo, it's more like, you know, intense flavors and a very um, quick Tokyo mindset like New Yorkers. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, right. yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like if you visit um, 
different regions, you can have different dashi for soba noodles, miso soup, because they have different variations of dashi ingredients. So, yeah, so listeners, if you go to uh, Japan next time and just pay attention to regional variation, because of dashi variations, they re- you can find very different dishes per different region. All right, so, and then you have, as I said earlier, you have about 30 dashi ingredients to dashi okume, uh, which is in the cool Greenpoint, Brooklyn. I don't know what's happening, but Greenpoint in Brooklyn, it's there are a lot of interesting new yeah. cool shops and restaurants. So it's always yeah, fun yeah. to visit there. And uh, and your shop is super cool and sleek and modern, but Thank Japanese you. and very open, literally open and inviting, um, big font, uh, entrance. And uh, yeah, and then one thing I really want to stress that your all of your ingredients are displayed in the glass cases, like candy stores. <laughs> so it's shining and uh, I saw when I passed by, a lot of people take, taking pictures as well because they are so beautiful. So, uh, so since you opened the shop in Brooklyn, uh, what are the most popular combinations of your custom dashi? Maybe you can give us like top three uh, orders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, they are like uh, we have like thirty ingredients, so they are like medium combination that you can make at a custom made dashi stand. But they are like main, mainly like two popular combinations. So one is like Kyoto style dashi that I have explained just now with a, like elegant flavor and a little bit of sweetness. And the other is like Kyoto, the other is um, like song mami flavor made by adding a bit of soda bonito and arabushi, uh, dried anchovies, black sea patch, grey frying uh, fish, and some uh, lizard fish as well as kombu, laos kombu and donkushi dake. So yeah, I think there are some people who likes like elegant style and some people who likes uh, strong umami taste with like complex flavor of like lots of ingredients. Mm. So yeah, these are very popular now. Although custom made dashi stand. Do you know how you, they use your dashi, like in pasta or what kind of dishes? Do you have any idea? Yeah, yeah, I have from like some customers that they make pasta with our dashi, like soup pasta with dashi, and they also made curry oden, yeah, mm. like Japanese oden. They even make made ramen with a with a yeah grilled um, frying fish. Right. Oh, ramen is uh, oh, yeah. just a very like no brainer. <laughs> you can make a good soup yeah, for yeah. sure. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, um, well, the, I am fairly familiar with Dutch ingredients because I grew up in Japan. But choosing different ingredients and making a harmonized flavor sounds very challenging to make it right. So, what's your advice? Well, it, uh, it may seem very difficult, but um, we. But also we have like dashi sommelier to like suggest you some good combinations. And also, as I told you, it's not very difficult to combine dashi if you follow the ratio. Good ratio. It's all about science. So um, just have to consider adding like good amount of inosinic acid from uh, dried fish and good amount of uh, glutamic acid from kombu and Going acid, so yeah. Uh, I think you just have to follow that uh, ratio, and everybody can make great dashi. Right. So. So if you yeah, if you get lost, mm. we can we can always help you also at the store. <laughs> right. Uh, I know your secret <laughs> because I saw this uh, the order sheet, meaning you have discordant ratio and you know stated clearly in one page, you know the sheet of paper. And uh, you have different ingredients, A, B, C, D, which is dried fish, dried small fish, seaweed, mushrooms, and also vegetables. So, and then each ingredient has a different kind of chart, elegant, sweet, sharp, refreshing, versatile. So as far as you follow this, you can really uh, get it right. Or you just ask, find you and ask, <laughs> what should I get? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, we are all like dumps dashi sommelier, so 
we can help you out as well. Right. Oh, it must be a really fun job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's really fun, yeah, to drive out my Mitsubishi. Right. Okay. And by the way, who's your customer? Yeah, since we, ha- we have a store in Greenpoint, so lots of customers are from, like, neighborhood. Yeah, and I was very surprised that they, some of them even have tried using dashi ingredients by itself to make dashi. So yeah, it was one of the big surprises for me. But yeah, mm, right. When we since for like in this couple, I mean one one month. Mm, right. Yeah, I was surprised. You know, uh, your place is fairly young, but um, a couple of weeks ago on Saturday, I passed by, and there's so many people, like you know, cool-looking young people, couples, individuals. It's like in and out to try to see what's going on and. Uh, I mean, when I first time heard about dashi okume and dashi ingredients, they are not sexy by itself, but your store made it very sexy. So um, it's almost like, uh, you know, little attraction and a very good place to be on the weekend. But um, also, yeah, and I also heard that uh, some chefs, uh, Japanese and non-Japanese chefs, come to try to get some ideas uh, for their recipe development. Is that true? Yes, that's right. Lots of, yeah, lot, there are so many inquiries for wholesale uh, since day one. And lots of f- famous chefs, like, uh, I, I'm not sure if I can say the name, but uh, there are so many, like, Mission Register chefs who visit our store and they are all excited about, especially when they see the ingredients. I think their imagination go crazy. And yeah, they are all always very excited to see the, the ingredients by itself. Mm. So yeah, we are trying to give some advice on a good combination for their, like for the purpose of the use. Mm. Well, Obashi, do they yeah. prefer something different from compared to other um, consumers? Do they have favorite ingredients among chefs? Uh, some of them, yeah, some of them are very familiar with dashi, so they know what to make, and some of them want some advice. So it really depends, but yeah. Um, but I was very surprised that most of the chefs prefer like very traditional Japanese dashi. I thought they're gonna make like crazy dashi, crazy dashi, adding some like unique, uh, like very unique ingredients. But they, I was yeah, I was very surprised that they already know the great good combination of dashi. They are very educated already about dashi. Mm. Oh wow, that's good to know. Hey. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said earlier, I think uh, Western chefs started to use um, Japanese dashi as a hidden uh, umami source. So um sounds like you're boosting that trend even among Western chefs as well. Right. So, um, so now I bought my own dashi customized from you. So how can I use it? Do you have any good recipes to try? Yeah, the most simple one is to like drink a dashi by itself by adding a bit of salt only. Some even some some of the customer already are trying that in the morning instead of coffee. And then if you want to make uh, like uh, use dashi for your cooking, yeah, as I told you before, uh, miso soup is nice to try first. It's very simple. You just have to brew. Um, dashi and add zudo miso and add some ingredients like tofu, seaweed, as a seed. So, and you can also make uh, udon, soba, or shabu shabu, like, and like Japanese hot pot nabe. Yeah, so there are many ways to use. And also, like I told you before, like I told everybody before, um, um, like you can just simply add uh, dashi into your daily cooking to increase umami. Yeah, there are many ways and simple ways to use this, mm. I think. Right. Well, here's my uh, most, um, uh, what's the easiest, and also kind of, I feel like I was cheating, but uh, so I have a rice cooker, like regular rice cooker. And then yeah. I, I got a dashi from, from your place, and then I just threw in, nice. just mm-hmm. in a rice cooker. It's just plain sushi rice and rice cooker. Oh my God, that was amazing, amazing. It's just a... Uh, I, yeah. I can't go back without it. So, yeah. And also, of course, um, 
in Japan, it's very popular um, in the fall to put a lot of different uh, the autumn ingredients in rice and cook with dashi, like, you know, chestnut to a lot of vegetables, uh, the root vegetables. So it's one thing you can really play with uh, rice, just regular white rice. It really elevates the flavor of both uh, rice itself and uh, added ingredients. So that's one thing. And also... Yeah, I think I agree, yeah. That's nice. Takikogun gohan is really nice. Right, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's one thing. Yeah. It's the fall. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, yes, yes, that's right. right. And also, um, you know... I think we have to mention dashimaki tamago, which is just an omelette, but you just add some dashi. And uh, I mean, if you go to sushi place, that comes close to the end of sushi course, and that's dashimaki tamago. And it's just an interesting uh, depth you can add to just simple eggs. And that's, uh, I mean, every morning if you make an omelette, you can do it. And uh, that's the power of dashi, really um, changes the flavor to the next level. So, yeah, there are so many interesting creative ideas with dashi. Yeah, yeah. I'm also, I'm very also curious about like how Ameri- like American people use dashi in their home cooking. Is it like other than like Japanese cuisine? So, yeah, it will be, it, it's going to be really great if you like, yeah, if, yeah, it's good, it's good, great to know if like through Instagram or, yeah, SNS. Mm, yeah. Maybe you should do some like contest on Instagram. <laughs> like yeah, we, we are thinking of holding that too. Yeah, yes. Mm, I am very curious. Um, okay, so what are your plans and dreams? I mean, personally or at Okume? Yeah, Okume. Uh, I'm for, yeah, I personally think like we should deliver more dashi culture. We can uh, and and the, like enrich the culture of food. So I personally want to uh, open another Okume store in like West Coast. Because there are so many customers from West Coast coming into a store and they are very excited and they request us to open our store in like LA or California. So yeah, and also feel that you need to taste dashi before like using it. So I feel like I, I want to open uh, the second shop and let them try the dashi. Mm-hmm. It's not, I didn't really discuss with our founder, so it's not really like company's decision, but yeah, it's my personal uh, plan. Mm-hmm. Dashi <laughs> ambassador's yeah. plan. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think, well, we didn't mention any um, health benefit of dashi, but of course, um, they say umami can boost um, the taste, like sensation of sweetness and saltiness, and also kind of round out the bitterness and uh, acidity. So as a result, you feel more satisfied and you don't have to add extra salt or sweetness to keep chasing what's missing. So uh, at the end of the day, you have more balanced food and you get so sated, satiated. So uh, people say, if you want to lose weight, uh, have some dashi. And uh, I'm not sure how scientifically it's proven, but I think there's a point. And uh, I think just one thing people should pay attention to, how satisfying the taste becomes by consuming dashi. Yes, and yeah, it's also very nutritious. Like bonito uh, flakes contains like protein, vitamin C and vitamin D and like, it's good for your skin a bit, like a bit because it kind of contains lots of collagen mm. inside, and also like kombu is has lots of minerals and irons, sodium. So yeah, it's really nutritious and no fat, less fat. So yeah, it's not, not, I think it's very healthy. Mm. Good luck. Right. Well, <laughs> I have to confess. So the other day I was looking at this, uh, you know, shaped bonito and in the plastic bag, like. It's made, it's not expensive, but I was looking at um, the protein content, and it's like you said, it's really high, like incredibly high. And yeah. I snacked mm-hmm. on it without putting it in water. Even I just snacked on it, and I was like, I didn't get hungry for a long time. So it's just a nutritious, uh, concentrated, very nourishing uh, ingredients. Not just for dashi, but you can really rely on that health benefit of having nourishing 
food, basically. Yeah, I think, and yeah, I think so. And by using dashi, you don't really need like fat, fatness. You don't really need to use fat ingredients, fatty ingredients to make make it tasty. So yeah, you can, you, you only have to consume, uh, consumption of calorie is going to be lower than like lower if you use dashi. Mm. Right. Well, that's a good point because before um, Japanese food became more Western, um, you know, at the end of nineteenth um, century, it's just, we didn't have fat, <laughs> and the, the tuna belly used to be thrown away because it's too fatty for Japanese palate. So you're right. So traditional Japanese food didn't need any uh, fat element. So that's a great point. Right. Okay, so uh, so where can we find your updates online and on social media? Yeah, you can find definitely us on Dashokume Brooklyn store online, and you can also check for updates on our Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So please follow us. Yeah. Right. So it's uh, okume dot us, right? That's the website and also Instagram. That's okume. It's o k u m e dot us. Uh, so it's both website as well as on uh, Instagram. All right. Yes. So thank you so much for joining today, Shohan, and uh, good luck. Thank you. Thanks so much. Right. So listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for show topics or guests, please contact us at japanese at heritageradionetwork.org or akikokatema.com. Japanese is a weekly program and is always available at heritageradionetwork.org as well as on iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify as a podcast. Engineer is Amen's engine, and thank you for listening. I will see you next week. Japanese is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.